Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. In the history of rock, there are certain songs that are much more known for the live versions than the studio versions. For instance... Did you know that there are studio versions of Bob Seger's Turn the Page and Peter Frampton's Do You Feel Like We Do? Probably never heard them, but they they exist. They're there. Uh, so on this week's Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast, we're going to tell you the stories behind the songs that only seem to be known for their live versions. Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Moms and dads, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome, welcome to the circus. Uh, I'm your host, Ludini, of the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, where we come together each week, have a little roundtable discussion about some topic related to rock or metal. That is what we do here. And if you like that kind of thing, you know, go uh, pop over to iTunes, uh, give us a five-star review, say something nice about us. By the way, I, Pittsburgh Kevin keeps telling me and i keep forgetting we are on youtube so uh go to youtube check us out give us a thumbs up give us a follow we're building a, a tiny audience uh there we'll give them um, the channel let them know the channel too, yeah so yeah they know it's Ludini the ludini rock no it's actually no. under lou lombardi okay see yeah just under lou lombardi well if you go to youtube and you search ludini rock and roll circus Boom. there aren't too there many there are. aren't too many of those Boom. other there than our is. other than our show okay. but uh yeah so so check us out on youtube as well uh speaking of uh, the internet please go to rockrageradio.com download the app uh, we are a uh, featured show on rock rage radio we're very happy about that we love doing that so uh, check that out, rockrageradio.com. Download the app. Our websites are ludinirockandrollcircus.com, which is uh, constantly being updated with all kind of cool stuff and offers and things like that, and lulombardimusic.com. So check all that out. And I want to give a shout out to my brother, Chris Thunderwolf Dodson. Uh, he has Wolf's Customs, and they do amazing painting, refinishing, custom finishing of musical instruments. They do an awesome job. Please go to the website. It is uh, wolfscustoms.online. They've got some great stuff there. Go and check it out for yourself. Um, we have... We're we're like a uh, we're like a quartet tonight. Um, so we're now... So not that we're beyond the power trio. We have grown. We're like the Rolling Stones adding... What's his name on the piano? Uh, Chuck Lavelle. You know, oh. or that you know, uh, you know, one one of those, uh, you know, Reese Winans joining uh, Double Trouble. 
Sure. You know, that, he didn't call it triple trouble. You notice no, that? No, like, he no, still yeah, called yeah, it double yeah. trouble, even though Reese Winans came in. But, um, yeah, we have Keith the Hawk Hawkins yes. back after a, a long hiatus. Keith was uh, uh, in Africa <laughs> studying, <laughs> like, the rhythms of the tribes. He's been touring all over for the past few months, but now he's back. Wow. And uh, he's uh, going he's gonna, to uh, write a thesis on it, and then he's going to open a, a school down there in New Orleans to teach people how to play these rhythms. That's pretty cool. I've actually, I've actually been working on also working on being a life coach, where I'm helping people not become their parents' homeowners. Because <laughs> you know why? Because you know what? You work, you woke up early. Nobody cares. <laughs> just like, just like Doctor Rick, who's my new hero. Doesn't, doesn't really exist. But those commercials are funny. <laughs> For those of you who watch television, those commercials are funny. Um, anyway, so we've got the Hawk here. We have Lily V6. What's that? Speaking of Rock Rage Radio. And uh, Lily, you have done you did some fun stuff this week, didn't you? I did. I actually went to the Steel Man movie premiere yesterday, which I am in. And it's... Uh, With a porn star. It's not oh, that. <laughs> but she said there was a porn star. There is it. a porn star in uh, it. That's um, what I meant. And my, uh, there's a nude scene in it, which stars me. Um, what, 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 what? <laughs> but it's, it was really good. We just saw the director's cut, so it was long, but it's hysterical. They just got to fix the sound for DVD sales, but it was fine. That's what I did. Good times. <laughs> nice. Wow. Naked Lily. Yeah. And we also have the irrepressible, the irrepressible. Yeah. The irrepressible. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh Kevin. Wow. Nice sound effect. It's a good one. Hi, everybody. <laughs> So, um, we are talking about the songs that are best known as live for the live version. And there's a lot more than you think. I was when I started, I was going, oh yeah, that's, that's right. That song. Oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, it was like kind of mm-hmm. one of those things as I was kind of looking stuff up this week. So I tell you what, since we have not heard from our yes. brother in several months, he's been on safari. Um, why don't we start with you, Mr. Hawk? Uh, you're ever up. hear this song it's called i want you to want me yeah by cheap trick and everybody knows that live version but if you listen to the studio version not that happening but once oh, the great bunny carlos kicks off the drum cadence in the beginning mm-hmm. the rest is history man i'm live from budacon that's the only version that people know i don't even know if people really even know there isn't a studio version exists that's but a good thing. there is but the live of budacon will live on forever in the uh, infamy of classic rock radio. Probably probably a little too much. But at the same time, <laughs> it's still there for your consumption. And it is uh, just a little bit of that Rockford, Illinois rock and roll from Cheap Trick, who I think is a band that I've probably started to appreciate more later in life. I could probably give a shit about them earlier on, but that's, you know, that's good stuff. And they've, they've, they've been around and they're still rolling. And but that's probably their biggest tune, you know. Everybody knows that one, but they know the live version of it, and that's it. Does it? That is a really good version. That's it's one of the best, you know, supposedly live albums of all time. I mean, it's got a lot of energy to it. I mean, Rick Nielsen takes his time when his guitar solos. And probably, you know, if you like guitar solos, that's a, that's a song for you because it just goes on and on and on. So, but that's yeah, that's the, the cheap trick, I think. Is one of those ones I like. I said I don't even know if people know there is a studio version, but 
There is somewhere. So. Live at Budokan. It was written by Cheap Tricks uh, guitarist Rick Nielsen, recorded for their 77 self-titled debut album, but it didn't make the cut. The song was included on their second album, In Color, which was released in, later in 77. Um, the... Um, <laughs> Robin Zander never really liked the song. They they all sort of thought it was a kind of a hokey pop song, and they just really the one of the reasons why the studio version is kind of meh is because they were kind of meh when they played it in the studio. Yeah. But when they started playing it live, like they were getting into it and rocking it a lot harder, and the the, the arrangement changed a little bit. And so by the time they do the live at Budokan thing, it becomes the the thing. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely uh, song. yeah, absolutely uh, a. a yeah, it's it is their signature song. Yeah, the studio version is blah. It's very flat. Yeah, and it yeah. didn't even chart in the United States, which is why they uh, have the Budokan live album because they were huge in Japan and other countries. So, was it way better? It's more fun to hear the crowd in the song mm-hmm. and their energy on the song is way higher than in the studio version, which I do have and I've heard it. And it sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, every once in a while, somebody will, some DJ will, uh, you know, whip it out. And um, <laughs> you can see um, something that you may not know um, about Budokan, which, which is an actual, t- I didn't realize it's an actual temple um, in Tokyo. And it's a big deal for them playing there because Japanese citizens felt the temple was sacred and not appropriate for rock concerts. But they were charming. You know, but, you know, obviously uh, the, the younger generation won well, out on it's that. It's a cheap trick. Know. It's a cheap trick. It's okay. <laughs> We like a cheap trick very much. Oh, thank you. Well, I want you to rock me. Also, one of the few songs that starts with the uh, chorus, too. So oh, that's yeah. always an interesting fact. Yeah. But that kind of answers your question earlier. We were talking before the uh, podcast. Why are some live songs better than the studio? That and just you, we just answered and this it there. one. Well, th- for this particular song, yeah, I think mm-hmm. there's going to be other reasons for other songs. Um, and uh, you were talking about cover version. Well, someone mentioned cover versions of it but um um have you heard white dwight yokum's version of it nah he does some cool covers though i mean that's you know i've heard i've played uh little sister in a band about a hundred times i haven't played it recently um but he yeah it's the white yokum's one of them he's a good actor too man actually but he's like one of them laid back country dudes i think he's probably always high and he just you know he's got a cool vibe to him yeah but he he has a cool version he does a real cool version of this. Uh, if you yeah, pull, it, it pull it up on pull it up on YouTube, I mean, I mean even on Live at Budokan is known for too is uh, uh, the epic version of uh, Ain't That a Shame, which yeah. is like got a drum got a drum solo in the beginning, and it's you that know can it's be, like that can be on the list too. That, I mean, we, that's what I mean. That could be like the two birds with one stone. So I don't mean to like you know take two turns, but uh, it's been a while since I've been on. So. I, there's a, I've got an artist with twice on my list too, um, but yeah, cool man. That's great pick, Keith. Great pick, uh, Lily. What do you got? I'll go with an obvious one, okay. I suppose. Thank you, Captain Obvious! <laughs> well, there it is. I'm going to go with uh, Fleetwood Mac's Landslide oh. uh, from the da- 1997's The Dance. Uh, Stevie Nicks wrote uh, Landslide just before she and Buckingham joined Fleetwood Mac. Um, that's the band that made them famous, obviously. Song appeared on the band's 1975 release featuring... Uh, what uh, was sweet, it? Hopeful was delivery of the lines. Time makes you bolder, children get older, blah, blah, blah. Uh, more than 20 years later, Landslide resurged at the band's release of uh, the live version on 1997's The Dance. Um, the passage of a few decades shifts the song's meaning completely because now Nick's perspective from 
the older woman looking back on her life made it all more poignant by the fact that she's accompanied by an acoustic guitar by her lost love Buckingham. Um, in the video, Buckingham <laughs> barely holds back tears as the two reconnect on stage. Um, it's been covered by Smashing Pumpkins, Dixie Chicks, and even the cast of Glee. Uh, nothing can uh, match the live version, I think. I, this is the one on my entire list that I've never seen live. I have seen all the other bands live. Would have loved to. Mm. Probably not going to do that now. She says the song's about her father. But... Right. She says the song's about her dad, but uh, later on we think it's about their relationship. Uh, yeah, it was about, she said, yeah, about her father. Um, but wasn't this written... And it was to be included on rumors, but didn't make it. This yeah. is a, that's no. a, that's a, oh really? Because I know Silver Springs did not make it on. Also, I'm sorry, it's Silver oh, Springs. Yeah. Springs. Yeah, I beg yeah. your pardon. You are absolutely right, Kevin. It was Silver Springs. Actually, well, one of the, one of those tunes yeah. that she actually says at the beginning. It might be Landslide. It says, "This is for you, Daddy." So uh, that's yeah. pretty much oh. a dead people. <laughs> Unless she was talking to Lindsay, you know, giving the old hey, this is come here, daddy. Uh-huh. This is for you, wait, daddy. Wait, wait, you know, they did have a thing for a while, so wink, wink, daddy. This is for you. <laughs> wink, see. wink, daddy. She did look back wink. at uh, Mick, though. Wink, Ooh. wink, daddy. Who's your winky daddy? <laughs> yeah, when I, when I see the uh, sometimes that the, the generosity of women never ceases to amaze me. Sometimes with these women that just get these guys because Mick Fleawood, if you look at him, is just not a, not an attractive man. What are you going to do? Even even in prison, I would have passed him over. You know what I mean? So it's just <laughs> good drummer. Seems like a nice guy, but you know, not an attractive man. But hey, you know, I kind of feel like yes, it might have started out as dad, but now that she's been in the might be about Buckingham. It um. Might be about mixed. Yeah. The, uh, the the live ver the live version, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, it's, it was a VH1 concert, mm-hmm. which I watched, and that is one guitar. Guys, go really listen to it. It sounds like two guitarists. That is one oh, guitar. Wow. Him playing live. He's no, playing. Wow, that is. He's playing the bass line. He's playing the chords, and then when he goes to play the solo, the chords and the bass line are still going, and he's playing the solo like, mm-hmm. that's what a badass Lindsey Buckingham he, is. He, like, he's he, is of, he is probably mm-hmm. one of the most, we've had that on this discussion on the show before, many moons ago, underrated guitar players. He is my number one choice. Yeah. For people that don't think about guitar gods, you never hear Lindsey Buckingham's name. The dude can straight up play. Great songwriter, great singer. Man, he got get all his bases covered. Gets chicks. I mean, come on, man. He got it all. <laughs> He's got it all. <laughs> He's checking all the boxes at Lindsey Buckingham, I think. And I guarantee one day, Fleetwood Mac will come running back, man. They'll come crawling back for the lens. <laughs> yeah. I. Well, I mean, their, their musicality is, uh, I mean, like... <sighs> crap i mean like they were they were in the tradition of crosby's they they were they did for the 70s kind of what crosby stills nash did for the 60s you mm-hmm. know just with those amazing harmonies and these like really thoughtful songs like really like you know just really kind of like grabbed you you know the what can you say i mean i guess there's people that say that it's not heavy rock enough or whatever but man i mean phew. Uh, that, that, that's some great music. Um, who's next? Ke- 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 I'm Kevin. Ke- I'm Kevin. Pittsburgh Kevin. Two Ks. Two Ks. That would be Ke- that would be Kevin. I'm, that, yes. I'm, I'm Keith. You Lou. Big Tree. <laughs> so I'm gonna go uh, way back. I'm gonna go in the way back machine there. 
Mr. Peabody. And uh, I'm going to go with Folsom Prison Blues. What do you think of that? Never That's heard of it. That's a good one. Lou? <laughs> Lou, there, Lou, there was this guy. His name was Johnny Cash. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. There you go. Folsom That's how we are. <laughs> oh. You got Folsom that from what was you selling? Vacuum cleaners or something? <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> I have a Kirby vacuum cleaner. What? That was his day job. So, uh, Folsom Prison Blues is a song by American songwriter Johnny Cash, as I has mentioned. I mentioned it was written in 1953. Wow. Yeah, and first recorded in 1955 for his debut so, uh, studio album, Johnny Cash with his hot blue guitar. Do you think it was really blue? Uh, like sad. <laughs> it was or just blue. Oh, I never made the connection. Right. Wow, ain't that something? Uh, it was the album's 11th track. Uh, the song combines elements from two popular folk styles, the train song and the prison song. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so It's we're gonna... like a prison train. It's a, it's so it's like a train. It's a train. It's a train song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny performed the song live to a crowd of inmates at Folsom State Prison. Talk yeah. about a captive audience. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, that, was, that was 1968, uh, released through Columbia Records. This version became number... What was that? That was a little late. I wanted to do it after you made that really da- uh, bad dad joke. See, but well, what are you going to do? I'll wait you for you to make another bad joke, and then I'll play it. Okay, okay. You get your finger on that button. That's what she get said. Ready. Okay, I'm, now I'm not going to do any. The pressure's on me. Um, so this version became number a number one hit in the uh, country tra- charts and reached number 32 on the Billboard Hot 100 uh, back in 1968. So yeah, this is another one where I don't think I've ever heard the studio version of this song. I've only heard the live version. Yeah. I'm sure it exists somewhere. I would be honest with you, man. I listen to a lot of stuff myself, as you know, and I never heard it either, so I, it's a mystery. Wow. Well, one of the memorable, one of the memorable guitar solos of all time. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it was good guitar solo. I said no, it was no, one of the most memorable. memorable. It is uh, well, it is what it is. I mean, basically, he's up there as a kind of three-piece rock band. Yeah, this guitar, and bass, and drums. He's strumming a little bit of acoustic. The weird thing is, when they left the the prison, it was a five-piece band. I go figure. You didn't even do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh, look. Come on, man. I'm going to have to I, wink at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> what the? We're going to get I, our And I don't crossed. get the joke. Well, because they came in as only three, but then they left as five. See, prisoners escaped with. Oh, wow. That's I, why he didn't do the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's what that joke God. is. God. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there that you was go, a perfect kids. sound of it because that's what that joke kids, was. Kids, did anybody else out there get that joke? Nobody got that I joke. Did. No, Lily did. did. She chuckled <laughs> under her breath. <laughs> this is this is an inex, inexcuse for it's an inexcuse for a podcast. <laughs> it, it is. It is an excuse. Keith, come on, you need to bring some order to come this on, disaster. Keith. <laughs> hey man, it's my it's my it's my first day, man. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to learn what you guys are about, and like to try to feel it out and to see where. Just find trying to find my own way in this whole, you know. You can find in, your in, own this, in, this, way. in this journey they call life. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna pick a song because. I just I have like twenty on my list. I can't I can't do twenty because there's other people here and I, they have to go too. You can do twenty. But <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love this song. And there is a studio version that they do play once in a while. But man, it just does not have the energy of the live version of Great White 
Buffalo. Ooh, I mean, the yeah. freaking live version of that <laughs> is just, it, it's, he's on fire, man. Like, it's like, you know, I, it feels like he's going to, like, catch the speakers on fire. It's crazy. Uh, became a staple of his live set. Um, uh, there's another song by Thin Lizzy that has the same theme about this uh, uh, this sort of uh, buffalo theme. Uh, but uh, Sweaty Teddy, mm-hmm. big admirer of Native American culture, one of the hallmarks of his lifestyle is hunting his dinner with a bow and arrow. Ted has never been your regular rock star. You don't say. Uh, makes a cogent argument in the song about the need to respect the animals. It's a kind of a political song right. <laughs> from Ted Nugent's. Like, well, from you Ted never Nugent. go to his shows, they're super political. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> usually it's like right-wing politics. This is a kind of tree-huggery mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is when he was singing songs like Wang Dang, Sweet Poon Dang. <laughs> so, like, you know, this was a big step for him. <laughs> It was him giving back. You know, I mean, he has, there's just such intellectual songs like Wang Dang, Sweet Poon Tang, or Wang Go Tango, or anything with the word Wang in it we can have. But let's let's also write a song about the. He just the, to the, do that. Let's, let's also write a song about the play of the American Indian or of Grey White Buffaloes. Because he only he only took what they needed, man. That's all. Yeah. Some skins for a but roof. I, I don't even know. The, I don't even know what the studio version sounds like. I've heard the live it's version. It's very. It's it's just, too much. It's very laid back. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just, you know, it, the live version just is like, oh, this is what the song is supposed to be. Um, originally appeared on Tooth Fang and Claw, the seventh and final album from Nugent's group, the Amboy Dukes. Nugent went solo after the album's release and, and issued a steady stream of albums that sold very well throughout the 70s as he built up his repertoire with the hits like Stranglehold and Cat Scratch Fever, Great White Buffalo, ignored for the most part, was when it was first released, found new life and became a rock radio favorite. Uh, June 74, credited as the writer on the track, shares credit for the arrangement with Amboy Dukes bass player Bob Grange. According to Nugent, the riff came to him while he was tuning up his guitar. They captured it on tape and... And quickly recorded a song with Nugent writing the lyric on the spot. So this could be the reason why, like, the live version is, like, so much, sounds so much better. Because, you know, they did it quickly maybe in the studio, but then they start playing it live. And they're kind of, you know, Keith, right? You know, when you're playing something live in a band live, it kind of evolves over time, you know? you've I'm sure you've noticed that with your band. You know, the arrangement starts out one way, then one night Orlando does something a little bit different and you hit something and then before you know it, the song kind of like evolves. And I think that's what happened. That happened, uh, that happened, that happened Saturday, actually, but I was more from uh, too much whiskey more than just a, <laughs> a, a, an actual magical moment on stage. It happens when you play f- five beats of measure <laughs> when, it's supposed to be, when it's supposed to be four and it flips me around. That's a little bit. That's, if you're going to tell me that shit when it's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I um speaking of that, I just have to you'll appreciate this, Keith. I played with this uh I played with this drummer in the eighties and we played in this country band together and um so as so as a, we would get really bored because the music was so kind of like that. And um we'd be playing these crying in your beer songs and these people like dressed in cowboy hats and stuff would be slow dancing. I mean, hey, these people all came out like it was the real thing. You know, we were playing freaking South Park and they're out there like, you know, it's freaking, you know, anyways. Um, and so I'd be like, Kevin, throw in a, throw in a measure of five. So there'd be like some song that they're all trying to slow dance to. 
there's a tear in my beer four five one two and like you would look on people's faces and sometimes they wouldn't know what happened they just know that they got fucked up Something's wrong. And yeah they would like kind of stumble for us dude it was the funniest fucking thing ever we would be crying we'd be laughing so hard oh it was awesome mm-hmm. <sighs> wait wait you would play five four time seconds just in one bed we would just i would just he would just throw in a measure of five just in one measure so people would be like, they would, they would literally like, lots of times they would be trying to dance. They would literally stumble. It was that's crazy. Sick, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what it looked like. That's, 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 that's a sick thing you just said. Yeah. What would you say? That's a very sick twisted thing. Yeah, I do that. Kind of screwed up the whole vibe. I mean, that's cowboys. We're talking about that shit for years, probably. Then it was all you know. That, that, that they just went home picking at the band just wow. messed up a lot tonight. I don't know what was happening there. That one song, it just kept just kept messing up. It was like, what's going on here? They they would like <coughs> look like they did not know what happened. Like somebody slapped them, you know. It was crazy. Anyways, um, so somebody, oh Keith, it's your turn. I'm gonna follow up with a tune that uh, is, I don't even know if there is a live version, but I know this version. I know it's Bob Seger turned the page. Which is the only version I've ever heard. Is there a live? Is there a studio, a studio version? Yes, of this there song? is. Yes, there I is. I would think that there are every one of these have a studio version hiding somewhere, but uh, I've never heard the studio version of the song. I know it became even more popular when Metallica covered it, so it's been around. And it's a. I think the song was written in the early '70s. To be honest with you, I think it was from the album Live Bullet, if I'm not mistaken. My back story is probably not that good tonight, but what are you going to do? I'm. I drank a lot of cough syrup today. I might be rocking the good actually. <laughs> so, so I mean. It, I'm a little slow today. Sorry. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this song is the only version I know of this song. I'm going to have to investigate the uh, studio version. But songs about, you know, tales of being on the road and road weary. And it's just it's very, if you've ever been in any kind of situation, whether you're famous or not, everybody starts out doing that road thing, man. If you're on tour or just even playing locally where you're jumping from venue to venue, man, every once in a while you'd hit that hit that wall where you're just like, man, this is, I don't know if this is everything it's cracked up to be, but you still do it. But it's a song about the, you know, the hardships of tour life, man. And it's, like I said, a very relatable song to a lot of musicians, but it's just a song I think a lot of people can just, you know, hopefully the average person can even wrap their head around. And it's, like I said, it's a, it's a 40 plus year old song at this point, because I think it came out in 72. So you're looking at a song that's freaking older than me. And that's getting up there. The name of the album is Back in 72, and okay. and it, which came out in 1973. <clears throat> How about that? That's Not a live bullet? Okay, I was, I was, I read the No, 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 there. no. No, you're right. It's on live, but I'm talking oh, about okay. the studio thought, version. The studio version. studio version? Yeah, yeah, I've never even heard it, so I'll have to really go and kind of like check it out i'm sure it's not it's even. um it's weird keith it's got a kind of like intimate kind of sound it's not that it doesn't work but the song screams for like a live version just the, mm-hmm. the vibe of it mm-hmm. and what the subject matter and everything like right. doing that song live you could just like right. it needs to be done live that's like it's just kind of begging for that so the the studio version is weird it's not weird but it's like it's very different like just the vibe of it and it's real it's not like a lot of reverb on it you know what i mean it's real kind of real kind of intimate kind of sounding it's cool but and it's like a kind of a novelty thing every once in a great while 
some radio station will just play it, you know. <clears throat> I know, like classic vinyl or deep tracks on yeah. Sirius, will, will, every once in a while we'll throw that on. And it's like kind of, oh, that's interesting. But the live version, <laughs> the version yeah. is the, you know, absolutely just, just begs for live, <laughs> you know. He wrote it on the road. He did. He said the only two songs he ever wrote on the road were that one and Night Moves. Hmm. Every, every he doesn't typically uh, he doesn't typically work that way. <clears throat> I feel it would be a distraction. Yeah, it's funny because yeah. even the, the Metallica version. You remember when Metallica put that cover tune out? They uh, they made this really like controversial video that MTV banned. It was completely different. Like the lyrics matched up with it, but it was like their vision of it was different. And if you check out, yeah, this video was taken off MTV because it was about like a stripper that got beat up by John and then she was living in a hotel room. It was really a disturbing video. And MTV, I think, played it like for like a week and then they were like, got so much hate. <laughs> they got so much hate mail and all these people going, what the hell are you playing here? They would show the whole version. Oh, you probably find it on YouTube. That's all it's got to be. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's really freaking disturbing. And it's like, man, Metallica just... uh we're going. They were just trying to push buttons there, but yeah, they, they, they their vision of it was completely different than the actual song. But it was kind of, it was, it, it was interesting, but it was very. That was a graphic video, man. It was very disturbing. Hmm. But you know, it's I can't. I can't. Now that you say that, I want to say that I remember hearing something about it, but I just could be, you know, because if I could it. find it, I'll, I'll send it in like a, I'll send it in a group thing. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll get. I've, I've seen it, and like I said, I've MTV pulled it really fast they were getting so much backlash from it it was like and it was a long video it was like almost over it was like seven or eight minutes long which wow. for a video shit man it's, you know the average song's four minutes long i mean this so this is because it was adding a lot of like these interview scenes it was almost yeah, it was almost like a mini documentary about a hooker <laughs> and it was yeah it was just yeah a disturbing video but like i said it didn't last real long but uh it's just their, their vision their vision of it was a lot different but i think that song just that's you gotta show you that song just has lasted a long time because it is such a great, well-written song. Yeah. But <clears throat> it really captures that, you know, even if you're not a rock star, you kind of feel like one. If you, when you sing along to mm -hmm. the song, you're kind of like, yeah, man. <laughs> I get it. When you're strung out from the road and you feel the eyes upon you as you're shaking off yeah. the cold, you pretend it doesn't bother you, mm -hmm. but just want to explode. Mm -hmm. And we were like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, I get it. I totally, I'm totally down with it. I'm also down with like you know thinking about sometimes where I just like kick back and I go, I'm a cowboy on a steel horse. I'm wanted, dead or alive. Which I think I could write a song to that, and I'm gonna try to come on, start and pen that tonight. I think yeah. I'm start writing poetry, and I think that's gonna be my first poem. Really, it's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. Please I'll tell you when I'm throwing the. It's going to be on the Amazon bestseller list, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but great song. <clears throat> Original version uh, from back in 72, then the version we all know and love from Live Bullet. Also, I think this live stuff, with the exception of a couple of things, like the Johnny Cash thing and everything, mm -hmm. I think we're going to find that most of these songs are 70s or 70s-ish. Legit. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some because mm -hmm. the live album was the thing in the seventies. You know, what I mean, that was just that was like, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and everybody was <laughs> wanting to hear live albums. It was just it was a uh, it was it was just a thing. Um, Lily V six. Um, well, I'm gonna go ahead and read some comments real quick. Oh yes. While we're comments. halfway there, yeah, we are halfway. Um, so we have uh, Chris Thunderwolf is watching with Chris. Raven. 
Uh, Mark Christian Jones said Thin Lizzy's Me and the Boys exists only in live versions. Interesting. Which now yeah. I will have to look that yeah. up. And Love the one that. I'm going to talk about next is probably the most obvious one on the list. Well, one of the two most obvious is um, Freebird <laughs> by Skinnerd. Um, There's a lot. Well, I got to go to the bathroom. Hold on. <laughs> you might as well just say, wait, wait, wait. Oh, nurse. No. Nurse. Nurse. Wow. Can you remove this catheter, please? <laughs> nurse. Sometimes I like it when I when I call a waitress nurse. So does my wife. Never mind. Here you go. Can I have another drink? I call a waitress nurse. <laughs> Get these goddamn cretins out of here. Yes, sir. Don't jump up here. Come on, you're my you're my girl. I'm on. This is airtime, man. Anyway, it's uh, the f- song first. Uh, the song first featured on the band's debut album in '73 has been included on, on subsequent albums, released as a single in '74. Mm. It enters the Billboard Hot 100 in November of the same year. Came band's second top 40 hit, and it is uh, their signature song, uh, played during the finale, during their live performances, and is the longest song, often going over 14 minutes when played. Um, it is included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 Songs That Shaped Rock and Roll at number 193. Um, it's, uh, in 2009, it was named the 26th best hard rock song of all time. Uh, the song has been covered countless times. Uh, among the most notable is a version by American dance pop group Will to Power, who created a medley of the song, and the 1976 Peter Frampton song, Baby, I Love Your Way, in 1988, titled Baby, I Love Your Way slash Freebird Medley. Mm-hmm. Song spent uh, one week at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Uh, it began okay. as a ballad without the guitar solos at the end. Skinner recorded it that way for the first time in 72. Uh, Alan Collins uh, had been working on the song on and off for the next couple of years. At the time of recording, the song was only seven and a half minutes long. But throughout the next year, Collins continued to refine the song until it was recorded for the final cut. And this one I've seen, this band I've seen countless times, so I've heard it. it's always the last song. And it's nice. It just gets, you know, this is about halfway through, I go and get my beer. <laughs> Before, the, before I have to leave. I'll be back in time. <laughs> I'll be back in time it ends. before we got to get back to the car. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I got time. <laughs> I guess it would be kind of an experience to actually see Leonard Skinner themselves play Freebird, like be there live for it. Right. <clears throat> Do you ever see, have you ever, anybody here ever seen Freebird, the movie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's <clears throat> England. That's not in America. Oh, because he's got the Bobby. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, not, yeah. that's in England. Dude, this like, when I first saw it, I didn't realize that. And it's like, I'm thinking these are just a bunch of hillbillies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're like British yeah. hillbillies. <laughs> they were yeah. big overseas. People forget that. People think yeah. that like, because Southern Rock is associated with like rednecks and everything so mm-hmm. much nowadays. But like, that was, that was a worldwide phenomenon. You know, they played, mm-hmm. they toured the world. <laughs> wow. Wow. I never made the connection. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Obvious. <laughs> oh, it's a magical sound. Wow. I wish I'd been glitter. <laughs> oh, that, I wish I had glitter too because it would hit Lou. No, I'm not like that. Oh, thanks. There you go. That girl that was on that Metallica video probably had glitter on her. I, I mean, no doubt. I betcha. In places she didn't want it. <laughs> what? There's no place you don't want glitter. There is. That is true. If you want glitter, you want glitter. Want hey, everywhere. speaking of glitter, yeah. uh, get a hold of Wolf of Chris Underwolf Dots and Wolf Customs Online. Get a glitter finish on your guitar. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's yeah, squeegee that Ooh, in there. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you are smooth. I love when you see I'm, 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 I'm smooth. Donald's going to have to be involved with Gary Glitter. Where are we? <laughs> yeah, I well, mean, no. nobody wants no. to be involved with him. No. But I like no. Gary Glitter. Of course you do. He was so shiny. <laughs> sure he was so shiny. Mm-hmm. Shiny, happy yeah. glitter. Sometimes it makes me go, hey. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. 
I don't, I don't think. I don't think that was. I don't think that was right. Close. That was. was close. That was close. Oh Pretty no, close. you didn't. I did. <laughs> oh lordy Jesus. Okay, so us. let's do. Um, uh, so who's next? It's me. That guy. Over there. Hey, guess what? It's me. It's. The man, it's been blowing, Kevin. He's me. The man Why behind the curtain. The accent. The man behind the curtain. There's any reason. I mean, I'm just you know, I just talk out of turn or anything. There's any reason why he's not on the camera. We can't. I can't see him. Or my Who's embarrassed of me? It's more fun than mystery. I know, right? I feel he like I'm be you know, anybody. I that, could be anybody. Yeah, I could be a little Asian dude. That could be Fred Durst back there. You wouldn't know. <laughs> or Fred Durst, either or. Yeah, it's a part of the mystique. Lou, Lowy, Low, 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 Low. It was Fred Durst. I was, Hi. If it was Fred Durst, I would shake his hand. So I was like, Fred, congratulations, man. Because how someone that just un- untalented as you got famous, I have no idea. <laughs> Lou, Fred Durst might have pulled the biggest fast one in the history of rock and roll. They're back, dude. Lou? They're back. They're touring. Oh Lou? Christ! Oh, so what are you gonna say, Pittsburgh Kevin? What do you got, Lou? Yeah. You ever if you ever find yourself in the Rocky Mountains and the snow's uh, flying and the wind's coming up, you got to keep each other warm, keep the group together, and always keep riding, riding the, the storm, storm out. out. There you go. Oh. What? You okay there, Keith? Riding the storm out. <laughs> once I hear once I hear an RDS wagon song, it just triggers my like my mullet's growing right now a little bit. Oh, I, I saw that. It looks Come, nice, by the way. I feel good. like you could rock it. Yeah, I did back in the day, but I don't think I can do it now. I think you can. <laughs> Bring it back. I might try it. I don't know. Because I had a massive now, mullet. You've seen the picture. I've seen it. Uh-huh. You had the most uh-huh. beautiful mullet ever. Absolutely. <laughs> now you just got the most beautiful head. I got beautiful head. Beautiful. Look at that. Smooth. It's so pretty. Your head is nice and smooth. It's smooth. <laughs> it feels so nice, man. How come I got to go feel so nice? <laughs> I mean, oh, that feels nice, too. <laughs> It's the one thing. I Sometimes I wake up in an obnoxious mood where I'd like to go up to a bald guy and be like, wax on, wax off. That's, you know, it's oh, like, that kind of thing. Where's the, uh, is, this a, is this a new feature? Who's running the controls here on this? It's Lou. Oh, it's, I'm, yeah. I got toys. He's got toys. He's got right. new things to play with. I got new things. Well, this is going to be on this keyboard soon. And I'm going to put it over there. Kevin's going to do it. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> so what do you got? All right, so, uh, so riding the storm out. Right. Mario Speedwagon. Uh, it's off their third studio album, uh, which is titled Riding the Storm Out. Yeah, released in 1973. Uh, <coughs> now, here's my theory. Like, nine times out of ten, if you hear this song on the radio, it's going to be the live version. And I think it's because the studio version is sung by Mike Murphy. Yeah, different guitar, different singer, yeah. Different singer. Ooh, yeah. And Mike has, to me, Mike has a very country feel. Yeah. You know, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, he has a kind of, there's a kind of country thing going on with the vocals on that. Right, right. Every Kevin, once in a while... One of those stations will play. I've heard. I heard it once. Yeah, I was like, like "Damn!" It first starts. That feels a little slow, and I'm like, "What's going on here?" And then the the different singer kicks in, and you're like, "What? Mm. What?" Exactly. Yeah, that version I've heard before. Yeah, it's way different. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. definitely more different. Way different voice, man. Yeah, the song refers to the uh, band being stuck in a harsh winter blizzard after a show in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, the bar that they were stuck in is uh, Togari's. It's now closed, Lou, so we can't go. I'm so glad I'm next because you're going to love what I'm going to talk about. But okay. All right. But let's talk about the one that everybody hears. Now, this is off the album uh, You Get What You Play For. Right. Uh, came out in 1977. 
And uh, oh, that's all I got. I'm just kidding. Uh, the song Riding the Storm Out, the live version, reached 94 in Billboard's Hot 100 chart, uh, but has since become a classic rock staple. Uh, the album went platinum December 14th, 1978. So, yeah, nine times out of ten, if you're going to hear that song, it's going to be the live version from the live album. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just going to say mention this real quick because I know Keith's losing his mind over Ari's feedback. Sorry, sorry, sorry Keith. But... I, this goes right off yours. I'm the way you got to do I knew th- I knew I thought you might have this song I'm gonna say. Okay. But it's an Aria, another Aria Speed Wagon that's oh. only known as a live version. One fifty seven Riverside, Riverside Avenue. Avenue. That's right. And no, the, I don't know a studio version of that song. I don't think I know one either. And I mean that was a huge um huge? Oh, this is a song that was uh create, uh recorded with a different singer as well, but we all know the live version with Kevin Cronin. So um yeah, one fifty seven Riverside oh, Avenue yeah, Regis yeah. on the bass guitar. <laughs> and then then him and Gary Richrath do the right. play off each Nobody other. Talks like <clears throat> a guitar like Gary does. Yeah. See, call me up one day. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard multiple versions of that story too, where where you know Gary interrupts Kevin in his woman. But uh, yeah. it's a it's a fun it's a it's a really fun like um, rock shuffle kind of song if you've mm-hmm. never heard it. But it is they're really I don't even know if there is a studio version. Well, no, this this year it says it was released in 1971 as with Terry uh, Lutra. Remember when they uh, start, very first started, they farted around with different singers right, in the beginning. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was a thing. But anyways, uh, yeah, so it's a kind of a two for one there, there with, the, with the with the Ario Chuck Wagon. Um, okay, we're, we are good on time. Keith. Yo. Uh, it's your turn. Oh, sorry. I took a um, break while we talked about RSB Wagon, but... I actually fell. Um, I'm up now. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit off out of the grain here, against the grain, I guess. We're going to go with one that I think gets played just as much as the studio track, and I'm going to go with uh, Tom Petty's Breakdown. It's a longer track, and I hear it a lot, and I hear it just as, just as much as the studio, as just as much as the studio record, especially on like Sirius, where he goes into that long kind of mm-hmm. like tirade at the end, where he kind of flips out. I think he even knocks the mic stand over. He must have been having a bad day. But uh, you don't really hear that much. You just don't get that much emotion out of Tom Petty. But he was he was pissed off that day, and he was really starting to find his groove and just. He went off, and then it was just a different, different version of the song. I don't know exactly. Like I said, my backstory sucks, but I don't know exactly what if it's off a record. But I hear, like I said, I hear just as much mm-hmm. as the studio version, and it's like I said, it's it's got the same, same arrangement, just a longer kind of more broke down version of it. So it's a great song, but it's a, it's one of the ones I hear quite often. Mm-hmm. But I still hear the studio version a lot too, so it's kind of like one of those ones that's a toss up, you know. So and they're both good. So I mean, either one. Yeah, it's so much fun because, like you said, he starts off his little speech and he's real calm, cool, and collected. And by the end, he's just yeah, he flips out. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody else heard that. Yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's a great version. Oh yeah, you know, it's it's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they incorporate when they play it live. They incorporate "Hit the Road, Jack." That's fine. Yes, yes, I've heard versions. Yes, <clears throat> it was originally record, uh, written and recorded for the band's debut album. Initially, the song had lead guitarist Mike Campbell with a distinct guitar lick uh, being played only near at the end of the song. So that great guitar riff, da 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 da, that was just at the very end. Right. They weren't 
<clears throat> while playing it back one night, Tom Petty and Dwight Twilley, a friend and a friend, a friend of Phil, Se- a friend of Phil Seymour, were in the studio, and Twilley enjoyed it. He suggested that the lick should be used throughout the song. Petty obliged. Mm-hmm. At two a.m., he gathered the Heartbreakers to join him in re-recording the song. Their final take was seven to eight minutes long, but it was pared down to two minutes thirty-nine seconds on the album. Guests on the song's recording include guitarist Jeff Jordan, a common collaborator with the band in the early days, with Phil Seymour, who sings backing vocals. Hey guys, I know it's 2 a.m., but I have this great idea. Can you come over to the studio mm-hmm. right now? Uh, Grace Jones. You guys know her, Grace Jones? Yes. She, she, did a, she did a reggae version really? of it. Huh? Interesting. Very cool. <clears throat> yes. So I've actually, I've actually heard that one before, and then I listened to it, and then I just kind of just went on living my life. <laughs> what do you got, Lily? Um, so here's my blatant edition of Iron Maiden in every iron, show as I do. Number of the Beast. Um, it originally was on uh, as the seventh single on the 1982 studio album, but in 1985 took a back seat. That took a back seat to the live um, version of it, 1985's Live After Death. Um, it is one of the best live metal records of all time. Bruce Dickinson is at his best and includes the double guitar attack of Dave Murray and Adrian Smith. Seems to be more powerful in front of a crowd. Um, I, this one I only hear on Sirius. Unfortunately, I don't ever hear it on the radio. They always play the studio version on the radio. But you would like it better. Um, I've seen it live. Um, re, it was reissued in 2005 and also prior to that in 1990 uh, in the first 10 years box set CD, 12-inch vinyl. Um, it is one of the most popular songs that they do. And it was influenced by the 1978 movie Damien Omen 2, which is about a 13-year-old Antichrist. Um, although wow. everyone says it has nothing to do with the devil. Apparently they, there's this rumor going around that they did experience some paranormal kind of weirdness during the recording of it. So who knows if that's true, but they say it's not true. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Come again? <laughs> that's a true. Oh boy. Yeah, boy. All right. Good pick, <laughs> Lily. What do you got? Pittsburgh, Kevin. Maybe. Oh. I'm. Amazed. Maybe I'm amazed by Paul McCartney. Um, Never again. heard of it. No. Oh, so there was this, That's two. Yes, there was this guy. He was in a call a band called the Beatles. Oh, uh, the uh, They I may broke have heard up. of them. Yeah, broke up. He did a lot. Ruddles. <laughs> so maybe I'm amazed is a song written by English musician. I'm like, uh, you know, is that who he is? All right, Paul McCartney. That was for first released in his 1970 debut album, McCartney. Uh, it was actually um, never released as a single, the studio version. But the live performance by McCartney's later band Wings from the live album Wings Over America uh, was released as a single. It was released in 1977. Uh, the version became a top 10 hit in the United States and reached number 28 in the United Kingdom. Mm. So there you go. So yeah. It's I, a great I, song. Uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard both versions, song. but the live has got to be... <clears throat> The best. And the first solo is Paul McCartney. He played the first solo in the song. It's very um now I've heard that I've heard this too. It's very let it be. Yeah. And I've heard mm-hmm. that although people think it's George Harrison, that that's actually Paul McCartney playing the solo on Let It Be. Oh. I've heard they listen to both the solos. What? It's very I mean that like his solo maybe I'm amazed is really 
Okay, let I can, it be I can kind of see. I mean, it's I got the same it. same kind of licks yeah, and stuff same, like that. Mm-hmm. But I've, I have heard, I don't know if that's true, but I have heard people say that next that could be like a conspiracy theory. Next time I talk to Paul, I'll ask him. Okay, I'll, I'll keep you updated. He's coming over tomorrow. Is he? I'll come have dinner. I'll, I'll come down. We're gonna there. drop acid right. with the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Lily. Fire <laughs> up. up the crumpets, good boy. <laughs> I have so many, and I just don't know what I should. Um, which one? Was I that, should. Was, was, uh, there's one I'm kind of holding back. Eh, I don't, don't know. Hold I'm holding back. back. Gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to do this one right here. Okay. Um, this this is a song. Now this isn't a super super big hit, but it had a big MTV video. Yeah, it's called "I Don't Remember" by Peter Gabriel. Yeah, it's got the people all painted in white. It's a kind of creepy, like you know, okay. like Shock the Monkey okay. kind of yes. thing yes. going on too. Yes. It's in the same sort of era, and um, it's a um, very cool song. Originally released on his third solo album, yeah. though iterations of the song have been performed live. Uh, were a couple before that, but the live single version was actually released in support of Paul of play the plays live album that said it's not exactly the same version as a plays live album it's a single mix slightly sped up less crowd noise and extended uh, instrumental outro song was written by peter gabriel and uh co-produced by peter walsh at shabby road studios in bath mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um so it so- does not sound live and if you've never, if you haven't heard the song in a while, go back and listen to it. It's the production is so good, st- it's stunning. Yeah. And then at the end of the song, you hear, mm. you know, the crowd going, you're like, whoa, whoa, that's live, and it is live. Um, it just sounds absolutely freaking amazing. It's a like a very simple band. Um, with um, let me see who who's playing who's playing on it. Uh, Jerry Amarada is playing uh, drums, percussion, and doing some background vocals. Um, Tony Levin is playing the Chapman stick. You guys know what that is? Wow. David Rhodes <laughs> is playing the guitar and doing some backing vocals. Synthesizer and piano by Larry Fast, and synthesizer piano vocals by Peter Gabriel. So they're all, you know... Now, there was probably gone back in and come things added in the studio and stuff, you know, but... It's really freaking tight. It's really, really together. So uh, if you've never heard it or haven't heard it in a long time, it's one of those songs that you're probably going, I don't know the song, but if you heard the song, you're like, you're oh, like, yeah, I know oh, the song. Yeah, I know the song. Okay. I know the song. Um, but I don't remember by uh, my Peter Gabriel. I just, I just remember uh, seeing it on um, in my buddy's house on MTV, and we're watching it, and then the song ends, and you're the crowd, and we're like, what? Wait, that's freaking live? What's that noise? And it's just like, <laughs> it's just applause? sick. I mean, it's just absolutely sick. Wow. Uh, do you know that song, Keith? I don't remember by Peter Gabriel. Vaguely. Okay. I, I mean, that's a heavy way. That's a heavy way line. If you're playing with Peter Gabriel, you can't be a chump. So, yeah, that's uh, I'm sure. I'm sure I've heard. I'd have to like probably revisit. The it second I, you heard it, you'd you would you would you would uh, know it. But go ahead, it's, it's, go ahead, buddy. What do you got? Well, this song was uh, put out on our first record. In that, I'm gonna throw that in there once in a while. A little Pittsburgh accent, just to make them. <laughs> Just to make everybody know where I'm from. But uh, <laughs> this album was pretty low budget. And then this version of the song, the studio version, was sounded pretty low budget. But when they put it out on their live New York acoustic album, About a Girl sounded a lot better. And Nirvana had a song that probably was before their height of their popularity come back to popularity. And you hear this About a Girl live in New York along with 
and a lot of the other songs, even some of the cool covers they do, David Bowie and other stuff. But now, all apologies is another one I hear a lot of the acoustic versions. But about a girl seems to be the song that got a really good crowd response, and it was a song that, uh, like I said, was on Bleach, yep. which was made for I think six hundred dollars. Yeah, but uh, and it sounds like it. But uh, about a girl is a song that. Uh, wasn't as it was on an album before they really broke, so it was kind of a song they kind of made famous again. We'll say, you know, I don't know what kind of uh, response it had when it for, on, on Bleach. I never even knew who Nirvana was. Till never mind. So I mean, so that's a song that came back from that album. And I, I didn't. And I it, thought it was only something on their acoustic record. I did not know that it's, until I started playing with the Nirvana tribute band, and they gave me. The, the studio version I was like oh. and it's oh. it's 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 electric it's <laughs> the same song the guitar solo is the same it's all the same yeah it's not electric. anything different like there's a different, different there's a different drummer on it yes yeah that's, that's not Dave Grohl on Bleach that's uh, Chad Channing I believe who I think just took my order down Chick-fil-A before <laughs> Chick-fil-A Chad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you got Lily oh let me see here my brain hurts Oh. Okay, so I actually have Seek and Destroy from Metallica, which you know I'm not a Metallica fan. I'm not a huge one anyway. Destroy. I, I do. <laughs> um, I definitely gave them more props after seeing them live, and the one song I do love um, from Kill 'Em All 1983, Seek and Destroy. Um, it's their live version of it is so much better because you can feel the energy in it. You can like whether you're sitting at the show or in your living room or wherever it is in bathroom bedroom whatever it is you're doing why'd you look at me when you said bathroom i don't know because i wanted to <laughs> um <laughs> uh the crowd and the song itself it's a it's usually played as the encore and is a highlight at the shows uh the album you're going to want to look at for this one is uh live shit binge and purge for an example of what i'm talking about if you don't know the live version if you're not a huge fan of metallica like me I yes yes and there's that <laughs> but it is from kill em all uh, which was their debut studio album and it was also featured on the demo No Life Till Leather. No Life Till Leather? Yep. Wow. That's a good title. Yeah. <clears throat> Hellbent, Hellbent for Leather. That was their, uh, <laughs> that was their little EP, demo, little demo. Uh, no and my sister and I actually have you, the you nickname have Seek and Destroy. Yeah, I have one, if, if you need it. Okay. You've got a bunch. Um, so give, us, give us your last one. Real Pittsburgh, quick yeah. one. Uh, do you feel like we do? Oh. Peter Frampton. Well, you might as well also mention which song that Lily actually mentioned when I she did. talked about Freebird, Show Me the Way. Right. Those are both, both same, same album. Yep. Yeah, because it did. Uh, well, uh, Show Me the Way did not do well when it came out of the mm-hmm. studio. And um, uh, I don't know if it was the producer or his uh, agent to say, you know, when you do the live album, give it another shot. Give it another shot. And sure enough, that, uh, that turned out. So uh, do you feel like we do? A uh, song by Peter Frampton, originally filled on Frampton's Camel, released in 1973, uh, but it really came alive. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, darn it. Darn it. Oh, oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, that's the spur of the moment. The, the, there you go. Uh, it was. <laughs> Keith was, Keith's exasperated. Poor Keith. He's like, why did Keith's I like, why agree did I to come back you know, on Just this go back thing. to Tuesdays. Just go back to <laughs> You know, exactly. But uh, it really came into its own uh, <laughs> in 1976 on Frampton Comes Alive. Sorry. 
And like you never hear the studio version. No, no, never. I've same never way with show, show, yeah. yeah. Uh, same way with uh, show. You probably me should what. never hear the mm-hmm. fucking live version either, because you know why? Because it's fucking Peter Frampton. But that's a horrible thing. Go ahead. <laughs> oh come on now, dude. He's he's, he's got like Parkinson's disease. Come on, no, man. He, yeah, he I'm, can't I'm not talking about him right now, Lou. I mean, I don't sit there and oh. talk shit on Michael J. Fox. He was on Family Ties, but he's you know he's shaking like a goddamn milkshake. He doesn't need but, the I mean, guitar it, anymore. Then he come on, though. His number one fan. Really? You're not a Peter Frampton fan? No, some bands and artists just get on my nerves. I mean, no one even mentioned my last one, but I sucked it up and put it on my list for whatever reason. Well, no, tell I, me I it's resp- not I'm, pretty sh- I'm pretty sure. Say it, say it. Say it. It's the mo- probably the most popular live version of any song say ever, it. other than Bird, which is freaking rock and roll all night. That's why and I party say it. every mind. day, which I, I was just I subjected to play in a, in a freaking in a band like last month. And I literally vomited in my mouth the entire time <sighs> I was playing. Did it taste good at least? Did you at least have whiskey or bourbon before you peed? It, 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 of course I did. It, that's, you know, I, the other day I cut myself shaving and Maker's Mark came out of my pores. So it was more, <laughs> I mean, it's more tolerable at least. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but it's on the list and, you know, people love it. So I just suck it up and play it, you know. It was a that's song that was released on Dress to Kill. Yeah, see, well, see what I know, my kiss. Look at you. I have it on my list, and um, <laughs> I guarantee every one of you had it on your list. Oh yeah, and yeah. and it was just yeah. uh, it just kind of eh, and but when they did that <laughs> live album, mm-hmm. which isn't really live, <laughs> right? It's pretend live. It's, yeah, <laughs> pretend live. But let's face it. Yeah, I mean they really I did. You know, Gene, you know what I'm talking about. Gene and Paul really downplay it. Holy but, shit! But, I mean, I think we talked about but, that. But, a, but, a, but Ace, a, Ace and Peter were like, they were literally told the story. They were sitting in the lounge and the studio musicians were coming out and they go, how'd it go? He goes, oh, that's the best you ever sounded. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, yeah, right, give me another beer. <laughs> they were like, fuck it. We don't care. We're going to get paid. Yeah, Ace it'd be good. Ace thinks it's his best work ever. And <laughs> I mean... He's drunk half the time. Just, I want to hit a couple. I want to hit a couple real quick. It's kind of like, you know, because we're kind of running out of time. Um, But um, life during wartime from Stop Making Sense. Uh uh That's the more popular version of that song. Although there is a studio. That's a great version. I don't even give a shit about studio version. That live version is Mm -hmm. effing awesome. Twist and shout by the Beatles. Yeah. Um, Was that the Hamburger Club? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what was the place called? The yeah, Cavern, Club. Cavern Club. Cavern Club. That's right. The Hamburg um, Club. Hamburg. Frankfurt. It was in somewhere. Hamburg. It was in Hamburg. Okay, there was a hamburger. It was all right. Yeah. Enough with the hamburgers. That's where that was. That was that was the uh, Lord of Sandwich that lived there. <laughs> Earl. It's an Earl of Sandwich. Uh, Earl. Earl. Earl, Earl, Earl has nothing to do with this. The Lord he in, in the sandwich and Earl. What the hell does Earl have to do with this? I don't know. I just like the name Earl. It was the Earl sandwich, but okay. Um, no Woman, No Cry by Bob Marley. Yes, I like that, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, and now here's two that... The Lord's um, of here's, here's two that... This for, okay, Tears in Heaven mm. by Eric Clapton. The I believe the, the unplugged acoustic version is the more popular. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, but okay. here's one. Some people don't... Layla. Even, exactly. Some people don't Le- even know there's a rock electric version of Layla. A lot of people think that the the version is the acoustic. There's many people who don't even know hmm. the original version. Do you know that? I've talked people who were like, yeah. uh, excuse I mean, me, millennials. That's crazy to me too, though. They don't even know. They don't even know, Keith. They know that acoustic blue shock version, which is nowhere near as good as the studio version, man. That studio version's epic. That piano breakdown in the middle is, come on, no? Yep. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but there's people that just don't even know. 
that that exists. They think that it's the acoustic version to them, you know, because it was so popular. I mean, my God, they still play the shit out of it. I'm like, Ugh, I will literally gut you like a fish if you call me a millennial again. I have to turn. <laughs> I have to turn the channel when that comes on. I'm like, I can be rocking out to the gray stuff, and that comes on. I gotta, I gotta put something else on. I can't deal with that. Bing. <laughs> I'll make my own sound effects. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's, That's exactly what I do. Do you guys want to know what happened in rock today? Oh, please. Did something happen with the Beatles? Well, the first person... Oh, night! John Lennon married Cynthia Powell at Liverpool's Mount Pleasant Register office. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> did it just as the piece? She was knocked up. Well, <laughs> he was. He was. She was knocked up with Julian. Um, Rolling Stones appeared on UK uh, uh, TV show Ready, Steady, Go for the first time. But something interesting about the uh, got one to point out, or when I said twist and shout, the Beatles and the Stones released covers. They were both, and they both played. I mean, they both played where like did a lot of covers. It was like it was a total thing when they at the beginning of their career. Sixty sixth on their final tour of America, the Beatles performed at Shea Stadium in New York City. Unlike the previous year's performance, which had sold out, there were eleven thousand empty seats. What? That's kind of the strange. Beatles earned more than the previous year, receiving one hundred and eighty-nine thousand dollars for their performance. Could you imagine, Keith, one hundred eighty-nine thousand dollars in nineteen sixty-six dollars? Okay, let's do some math. That's Lily's uh, on. on it. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I would say that I don't make that ever in my entire lifetime. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, there's like, there's like, there's like set literally like seven Beatles things on the thing. I'm not gonna do them all. Of course there are. Um, uh, enjoying a wild birthday party, Keith Moon, Keith Moon, yeah. drummer for the Who, yeah. drove his Lincoln car into a Holiday Inn swimming pool. Oops. <laughs> My man, Moon Loon. Hook it up. Hook it As up. As the party Keith. had become out of control, the police were called to put an end to the Oops. festivities. <laughs> The party became out of control as soon as Moon was invited to it. That's what happened. Okay, I have the... It's $2,461,479. One performance. Wow. That's the freaking Beatles. They can do what they want. Moon, ever keen to avoid the boys in blue, snuck outside and got into a Lincoln Continental limousine that and attempted to make a getaway. Unfortunately, uh-huh. in his inebriated state... He released the handbrake and began rolling towards the pool. Moon oh, simply great. sat back and waited as the car crashed through the fence around the pool and into the water. Yikes. <laughs> That's my Friday night. That's your Friday night. That, um, that man is, uh, is, is legendary for so many of the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> I feel like we talked a lot about his fun times. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, during a North American tour, the Jimi Hendrix experience on this day appeared at a Singer Bowl Flushing Meadow Park, New York. In Flushing. Yeah, strange. <laughs> also on the bill was Soft Machine, Big Brother, and the Holding Company. Nice. Uh, might not be a bad lineup. On this day, 1969, Mr. Johnny Cash. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Uh, number one on the U.S. album chart with Johnny Cash at San Quentin. Hmm. Yep. Critically acclaimed, commercially successful at Folsom Prison was a previous live album. Crazy that we talked about that. Huh? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Diana Ross was at number one on the UK single chart, I'm Still Waiting, in 1971. <laughs> yep. Mm. 
Um, on this day in 1980, David Bowie was number one in the UK chart with Ashes to Ashes. His second UK uh, number one taken from the uh, Scary Monsters uh, and Super Creeps album. The song, do you, any guys know this song at all? I don't know it, but it was big uh, in uh, in the UK. Ashes to Ashes, you don't know that one? I do not know that one. Huh. Uh, do you know it? Can you sing it? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, something else after that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quirky little like synth thing in the beginning. Yeah, I bet you it's one of them songs that will trade places on the other song, the Peter Gabriel song. If I hear it, you said I would know it. If you hear this one, maybe you'll know it. I it doesn't sound like that. <laughs> that, would be, that would be great if it did. If Keith went, that's it! Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. That would have been it's exactly what it is. <laughs> oh, I lost. Oh, here, this day in music. Okay. Um, we're done with Diana Ross. Let's let's hit some birthdays. I saw birthdays. a good one there. I know you did. Um if uh, Kiplinger's hold now. It's no, <laughs> it's it's one of your women's men, so there's that. Okay, uh, Keith Moon was born this day in 1946. No way. Yes, oh, well. there you go. The same day, he was his birthday, apparently, when he drove the Lincoln. <laughs> well, you know. I know what the party was for. It makes <laughs> a lot of sense I was, now. I was going to say, I thought the party was just because it was Tuesday, but now it's, it makes sense now. Are, are, are either one, is anybody here familiar with Richard Thompson and Fairport Convention? No. Richard Thompson's a dynamite trouble. Anyways, him and his wife have been in everything together. Uh, it's Linda Thompson's birthday. Oh, you know, when I was in 1981, uh-huh. the, you know what I wanted more than anything else? <laughs> I wanted Jesse's girl. Oh, that's who I met, Keith. <laughs> what? Rick Springfield. Happy birthday, Rick Springfield. <laughs> where, where at? Prison. Where was he at? <laughs> it's his birthday. It's his birthday. Uh, I thought you said you met him. That's no. what I thought you said, too. That's what <laughs> oh, I met. That, oh, I've met him before. Yeah, he oh, does yeah? Uh, cons. He, no, no, no. He does uh, fairs. Fairs. Oh, at least yeah. He did, a, he did great. He did Gretna Fest a couple years ago. I had dinner reservations. Samantha let me sit there for two hours watching a bunch of this Rick Springfield, so she could touch his shirts. That's awesome. Hmm. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dean DeLeo, the guitarist with the uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, they're, oh, they're actually touring this year. Mark. Avsec. Do you guys know who Mark Avsec is? I do now. <laughs> Keyboard, keyboardist, songwriter with the band Donny Iris and the Cruisers. Get I time. Shit, no I way. Now he's working down a pants in that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he's all washed up. He's all washed up. And that. he also played on Play That Funky Music with Wild Ooh. Cherry. There aren't a lot of great keyboard players apparently in Pittsburgh at that time. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, that is something to you could always say that you are for something, and everybody has fifteen minutes of fame. I'm still waiting on mine, but it'll come eventually. <laughs> but it's going to be good, Keith. Who's here? Who's Andy, here? Andy Warhol, such a liar. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Is anybody Campbell's here familiar John with, with Crazy Town? I've interviewed them. <laughs> Shifty Shellshock. After born to stay in 1974. Shifty does stuff this solo like... that I prefer to Crazy Town. Huh. Crazy Town. <laughs> that's like, that's a song, that's a band that's about Cannonsburg, Crazy Town, right? Basically. 
I don't wonder what his parents would think when they named him that, you know? <laughs> Shifty sh- You guys have problems. All right, Chris and you, Shifty. Okay, this is the time in the show where one more time I say go to LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com, go yeah. to LuLombardiMusic.com. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff, a lot of freebies signed up. We've got a new contest coming up for <gasps> our album. What? So we're going to be getting an album, plus those of you who... Uh, well, plus, we got some other cool stuff. I mean, I, I can't say, I can't, I'm at liberty to say everything. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Wolf's Customs. Uh, go to wolfscustoms.online. Rockrageradio.com is where you can check out the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus as well as what else, Lily? Hot Licks with Lily Six, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You can download the app for free or just go to rockrageradio.com. And stream. Stream! <laughs> uh, Keith the Hawk Hawkins, we haven't heard from you in a few months. So uh, anything you want to tell us about or keep, uh, up to da- update us on with anything going on with Ugly? Yeah, I'll be at the, uh, with Ugly, I'll be at the Juke Joint on Friday, which is in uh, Ocean Springs, Mississippi. I love the name. And then uh, where else? So, oh, Sunday I'm playing a Ugly's playing a podcast in Slidell, Louisiana, but it will be broadcast on, I think, Facebook after that on a Wednesday. It's called Behind the Mic. So it's like a live interview, two songs, and on your way. So we'll see what happens that's there. That's great, be man. Good. Awesome. Cool. So behind, that's Behind the Mic. Then Friday, it's Duke joined from uh, probably roughly 9 o'clock. You know, it's always subject to change in Mississippi. They just, you know, they're not into time there, man. It's okay. very... Not throwback, not you know. Time, you're not into the whole, you know. I'm not into that whole time thing. Yeah. El Dudorino, if you're not in the whole <laughs> brevity <laughs> thing, you know. Yeah, you know, you can start at like you guys can start whenever you want. Let's start maybe eight thirty nine, quarter to ten, you know, something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, guys, there you have it. Um, and you can, like I said, one more time, LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com or LuLombardiMusic.com. Uh, that will get you in the loop there for uh, prizes, giveaways, and a lot of fun stuff that is coming down the road for you guys. Next week, we will be discussing, <clears throat> pay attention, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the most covered songs mm. in rock and metal. Mm. And when there are, there's, there's, probably a a, there's probably a lot there, but think about the ones that are really like, Everybody has a version of fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. You know. Got you. Yeah. You know. okay. So you know. So I, I may maybe some of these might be some songs that are on this list. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. But that'd be real easy. We just keep these these notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just show up next I week. Start blitzed out of our minds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, there are songs that are like really um, heavily. Co- uh, just just to give you like an idea. Hammered. I, what? They're hammered into the ground. They're beat. <laughs> beat. Just, just to give you an idea, at one time yesterday by the Beatles was like one of the most covered songs of all time. Everybody mm-hmm. was doing a cover of it because it was like a beautiful it's song. Good. And, it's pretty good. Yeah, you know, people, you know, who, who were good singers wanted to have a chance at like trying to show off what they could do, you know, with it vocally and stuff like that. So there's some, there, but there's a set of songs out there that are just like, and I don't mean played by bar bands. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Meaning real bands. Well, like, like, like they've released <laughs> yeah. it and try, maybe try to put it out as a single, et cetera. Okay, guys, so we'll we'll handle that next week, and we'll uh, you guys have a great week, and we'll catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.